Welcome back, everybody. Just heard a nice little clip from our special guest today's new single. We got Eric Bond in the building from the band Bleeder. How's it going? What's happening? <laughs> Good Thanks to be here. Thanks for joining us. Our no first problem. formal Thanks meeting. Yeah. It's been a pleasure so far. Absolutely. I feel like I've seen you many times. Yeah, I know we've met before. Welcome somewhere. to uh, TND, dude. Threads and Dreads. Now with no threads and no dreads. <laughs> uh, as always, we got Sean on the board here. Just killing it. Oof. Beautiful uh, soundscape you've created yeah. with a song. I know. I try to get all fancy like faded in stuff I like we'll that. see how it turned out i like just when you see people turning knobs that makes mm-hmm. me very happy right i feel like a lot of production's going on then yeah it feels much more legitimate what uh so what's going on with everybody sean we've got we're in a new domicile yes, right a, now a new undisclosed location um We've we've upgraded we, a couple I more doxed, bedrooms. I doxed your last apartment, Did you? so now we have to. You had to move. That's exactly why. Yeah, actually, <laughs> that was the cause of it. On but, Call of Duty, I was doxing you. <laughs> we'll probably uh, probably do some more episodes here. I don't really. I have a second bedroom upstairs, but I don't know. I'll show you guys. It's not really. I don't know if I have quite enough room up there for it, but yeah, we're we're back, as we're, you would say. We're back, dude, and I love it. That's like our little tagline. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're it's back. very creative. Yeah, we didn't back. steal that from anything. Right, uh, Eric. What's been going on with you, though? Um, not a whole lot. I've just been working and playing music and back into the swing of things. I'm so really you said we're getting. Uh, is this first bleeder show uh, March nineteenth, Mayhalls? Yeah, it'll be our first headlining show. First headlining yeah. show. It's also the um, our EP release. Ooh. Um, yeah, so the EP is gonna have five songs that I've actually had written for about two years now, since before COVID. Damn. Uh, okay. Started. And uh, you know, I was playing with two other guys before, and just getting the songs down. I already had them written, like I said, and then. Um, covid hit and i stopped playing with other people yeah i was working on other stuff um i also have a lot of solo music it's on spotify i have a Bandcamp page for it so i'm always working on that but as far as bleeder goes um i just had these songs and then um once the uh restrictions on certain venues and everything else started kind of letting up i um you know i had friends that were down to play them and learn them and since then i've added another guitar player so oh fuck yeah so four yeah. piecer right four piecer out here four i love piecer. it um it's pretty much like it it just feels really good to be able to play these songs after a while and well, since i started writing them so long ago if i just feel like I really mean these songs, whereas before, like I was just writing, recording, blah blah blah. But I've had so much time to sit on these that it just feels really solid, and that's why I decided to turn it into a band. Hell yeah! I mean, and I can only imagine having written them before, and then just being so like having that anticipation of being able to release them and play them live, which uh-huh. is. I'm sure the main thrill of playing music is that yeah. live performance and the fucking rush from that. Oh, absolutely. To just have like those sitting there, like building steam in your drawer to be like, I need to fucking get these out. Uh-huh. And it's like, yes, through COVID, you have people probably fall out from not being able to leave. I mean, you get people who are, you know, 
not leaving the house whatsoever for anything. Then you get some people who are like, oh, we can go do whatever. And you just get everyone so on a different level during that time that it's like you're probably just so antsy to fucking finally play these live. Oh, yeah. And actually anticipate people showing up, you know? Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, We've played a few gigs so far. It's only really been a a band for about a year. Okay. It started out with my my friend uh, Brad Caruso and I, he liked a lot of the stuff that I was posting on my band camp and stuff and said, like, I'd love to play with you. He was down to jump in. Uh Uh-huh. And so we started playing, like, some what I call my solo music. And uh, we added my buddy Mitchell on bass, and I just started pitching him these songs that I had, like, under my belt, like I said. And they both really liked those. And uh, I liked playing those because they're louder and a bit more... um, I guess you could say they're more noisy and aggressive oh, compared to my solo music. So love it. Right. And so I, I don't know. It just, we liked playing those songs more. Yeah. I mean, you're naturally, even if you're just fucking around, I think to build chemistry, it's kind of even playing songs that aren't necessarily something that's at first you were like, Oh, these are just songs I have, but like, let's fuck around and like, play them we can build like some more group dynamic together see how we work together Mm -hmm. and you were probably i would be fucking so stoked to be like well let's just try some of these songs and they're like these fucking rule and you're like yeah they fucking do rule (laughs) it's like one it's that reassurance of like awesome this hard work that i had put in to like writing these songs is now justified through like your current band members being Mm -hmm. like we fucking dig these. Right. Plus, you're it's probably reigniting that light of being like, I kind of thought these songs were like they were two years old at that point or a year uh-huh. old at least, and you're like, fuck, dude, I really wish I could have played these. Uh-huh. And now you're getting that chance to be like, mm-hmm. sick, dude, it's back on. Right. That's why I like, <clears throat> I I like what I'm doing with the band and still writing like on my own. Yeah. It gives me multiple outlets to just. Yeah, express I, whatever I'm trying to make and with Bleeder it's almost like <clears throat> I have a pretty good feel for like how my bandmates interpret things or how they play things so it almost gives me a kind of template to write around yeah you know so it's like anything other that doesn't kind of follow that template I can just do something else with yeah that you're not just pigeon held to this is what we we as a band can play together. Mm-hmm. You still have multiple outlets. It's mm-hmm. not it's like with any kind of art form that if you're painting, you can't be not a sculptor too. You can still go and fuck around on some clay oh, and yeah. do something different. But it's like, yeah, at the moment this is like the main focus, would you say, of like doing the bleeder stuff? Yeah, it's it's my main focus. Your main right now, your for main sure. baby. Um mm-hmm. actually getting this release show i'm just really grateful for it and um deep sigh is one of the openers they're i've known these guys since um it's like middle school some of them okay oh really yeah he's on the on the bill uh uh-huh um i've known them since you know i was a kid i kind of grew up with these people or knew them through mutual friends so i've opened (laughs) for them a few times through with other bands um and Knapsack is also another opener. They're like one of my favorite bands in Cleveland. I've played with them a few <laughs> times now, and each time it was like feel very privileged because they're a very good band. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, I'm super stoked to have this bill the way it is and just to have a 
like a good opportunity to showcase this EP I've been working on for a while because I recorded it, mixed it, and mastered it myself Damn, as well. So okay. it's all things that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And then now I finally could do it. And now that I had these guys to play with, we just, you know, we just live tracked the EP and then I dubbed over it, my guitar and vocals over it. And uh, it was just cool getting to do that instead of just recording all the parts myself. Yeah, instead and, um, of just having to be... I feel like it's more enjoyable to have other people share in that experience, uh-huh. too. It's like going yeah. on a vacation. I mean, you're still going to enjoy France by yourself or whatever, but if you go with three friends, it's that much fucking better. Oh, yeah. Because you get to kind of... One, you're like building this energy off of each other to be mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, dude, that was sick. Oh, that was... It's just like... It's like the dude wears my car thing. Yeah. Oh, right. What's your say? Dude, what's your say? Sweet! You, you, yeah. you might end up with some of those tattoos, too, if you go to France. Yeah. <laughs> you all fucked up. Um, but no, I think that's awesome that y- you found some some more people that were like-minded, enjoying the music. Oh, dude. Like, every time I go to practice, I'm like, I feel... Like, I don't deserve three guys that are down to play this music with me and just, like, you know, in the future, we do plan on collaborating a bit more, but on this EP that we're putting out, it's just, you know, it's stuff that I already had. I knew how it was supposed to sound. Yeah, but that's awesome. You have the framework for it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in the future, I mean, we've already, you know, when we jam around and just kind of let loose at practice, we come up with some pretty cool stuff, so I would like to... I think that's huge that, yeah, to have something, it's nice, I almost think having that framework, like Sean was saying, is kind of nice, especially for like a first EP, because then you can kind of see a direction, and you guys see where, how you guys all work together, mm-hmm. you get that energy and that like cohesion of how you work as a band, mm-hmm. and then from there you're able to be like, okay, I see where like people's strengths really lie where we enjoy playing things or we enjoy certain styles of things that you're Mm -hmm. able to kind of keep growing from there and yeah have more collaboration as things like progress forward Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like i've had a number of people tell me when it comes to playing music less is more yeah so with four members like even a lot of bands have a lot more members but even with four you know you just have to work on like Stay, like making one cohesive decision at a time Absolutely. and then branching out from there. Yeah, I mean, it's you never want like the too many cooks in the kitchen type uh-huh. situation. So mm-hmm. it's definitely finding that right balance between everyone, I would imagine, mm-hmm. of you're not trying to step on other people's toes, but you're also just trying to make shit that everyone in the group can kind of put their seal of approval on. that's how i feel like if i would i would feel guilty making somebody play something that didn't you know that they didn't really feel yeah or that they didn't like but um all this music like so around that time what i was getting to before was like two of um two artists i follow pretty closely that i like um or dive and alex g okay. around that time in 2019 they both put out an album that i was super super fond of yeah and that's almost like all i listened to and that's a lot of that is what we as a friend group listened to so a so lot of a lot of this album kind of like has those takes, undertones yeah it's got an undertones it definitely influenced my writing a lot not uh not just those two bands but those are probably my two yeah i mean things that i spun every day 
I feel like you're always, at least with like art and design and stuff, I'm, I imagine music's similar mm-hmm. to it. You're always kind of continuously building up reference points and things you like. Mm-hmm. But it is like two, they both dropped, both those people dropped albums 2019 when you're in the heat of writing things. Mm-hmm. And if you're really vibing with something, you're going to be like, fuck yeah, dude. It's just, it's fresh on your mind. Right. It's, yeah. It's something and I feel that like you're really thinking about. In the two years off, I've just had all this time to ruminate like <laughs> over those same yeah. influence and influences and tones and all that stuff. So it's just been marinating for so long. And now I feel like I finally get to serve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, um, that's awesome. Yeah. All that, I mean, all that raw energy built up, you know, as shitty as COVID was in the lockdown, it's like now that anticipation is there mm-hmm. and it's like time to deliver. That's gotta be like such an exciting feeling. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's with anything else, it's you can only go forward with it. So and I'm I excited just, to see where it goes. I think doing a March show is honestly, cause I feel like February has become just snowpocalypse now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, wasn't the show supposed to be, like, pretty soon originally? It was going to be on... Oh, it was end of February, right? And February 26th uh, at May Hall's up in the apartment, but um, just looking for openers. I reached out to Dylan Glover, who's playing with Deep Sigh right now, and he... Oh, he is? Oh, that's how I know that name, uh, then. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh, and he's he's... So he's been playing with them, and he said, let me ask you this. If I can get you a main stage date, would you take it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> and then, fuck yeah. So we took it. and then, Dude, that's, yeah, that's how I that like happened. that's awesome, though, to just get one. March 19th, by the way. March 19th. <laughs> oh, we'll Mark keep, it down. We'll keep plugging it. Uh, <laughs> no, I feel like, one, it's awesome to be able to be in that, that main stage. Because I feel like that main stage at Mayhalls is also... A great venue for having a couple like similar bands that just it has a very homey atmosphere. Oh yeah, when you get back so there, too. I love that place. And to have a bill where you have it's not just two random ass bands that you've never heard, mm-hmm. never heard of, or have heard of, but you're like, okay, these kind of fall under the same umbrella ish sound wise, soundscape wise. It's like these are people that you're like. I fucking love these people. It's an excitement. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I, I enjoy both of the bands a lot. Yeah. Seen them play multiple times. And I, I don't know. Like, once again, I just feel honored to have people to play with and all that. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like you said, like the homies. And like, you know, I know from my my experience playing in bands, I'm sure you can say the same thing. Like when you're playing with people you don't really know, there's always that like awkward, like, oh, I have to kind of pretend to be nice yeah. to be like friends with these people mm-hmm. that you've never met like because you just want to be on everyone's good you know you don't want to be an asshole and because people talk in this industry pat i don't know if you oh, know that yeah but it's me. <laughs> so it's always I'm like one talking like oh dude super and like, like even if they're set shitty you have to be like dude awesome set man because you, you just want to because you got to be like cool and you're not like lie i mean like but if they are good that's just like a plus you know like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah no totally. i'm actually being genuine about it yeah it's rare that you like I like all live music, I feel like, but it's really rare to like come across and randomly play with someone that you're like, wow. This you is... genuinely fuck with. It's yeah, a great feeling, I, yeah. Yeah, that's like super cool. And then if they are good, you're like, oh, let's do more shows together. And then mm-hmm. it just builds that like networking and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to say, I imagine it's a bit of an extra comfort blanket, especially being like first time headlining, mm-hmm. that you're, the openers for you are bands you heavily fuck with with people in them that you're either know or are like pretty familiar with mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, you eliminate the, some of those factors that Sean was saying where you kind of have to be like, hey, you did great. Or you have to worry about, like, what are these fucking people just implode on the fucking stage right now? <laughs> yeah. And now it's like they've derailed this entire show by, like, yeah. one guy in the band is fucking hammered and it's just, like, destroyed the entire main Dude, stage. real quick, I, <laughs> I was at a show one time. My buddy's band was playing. And... uh this band comes up there and Dylan's like, oh, I know this guy. He's like fucking drama queen. He's kind of like a psycho. Well, name his name. <laughs> uh, he's, he's from Cleveland, but he plays in New York. And my buddy's band that was playing this night was from New York and they were on tour. So they came through Cleveland. This guy in the middle of the song stops the fucking song <laughs> to the sound guy and goes, dude, I need you to turn up my, my vocals and my monitors. I told you three times. <laughs> Amazing. Stopped the, 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 yes. the other guy in my buddy's band looks at me. He goes, he just stopped the show. What a fucking diva. This is crazy. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't so believe. to not wow. have to worry about that. The fact that he said, dude, I said it three times. <laughs> dude, I said it three just times. Made it so funny. Yeah, that, wow. Uh, Ridiculous. But no, I think, so I imagine you don't have as many fears about that. It's more of like, yeah, it's kind of family style where it's like, cool. The homies are going up. We're going up. They know how to like build the energy, and yeah. you also don't have someone that's like, "We're gonna fucking outshine these motherfuckers." Yeah, like, yeah. Which I, I don't know if that happens. I imagine that. I'm would. sure it does. You know, there's people like that in every every in community. Everything. Yeah, you know this, like someone um, who wants to steal the show from someone else. When you're like, this isn't like you're here to help. Yeah. Well, there's times where you're on a bill with a band. You don't know, like I said, you're trying to be friendly to everybody, but the other band like, isn't on the same page with that. And you're like, Hey man, like what's going on? They're just like, kind of like shrug you off. You're like, okay, well I automatically don't like this dude. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like it, that sucks. Like, and then it's even worse when they get up there and they're actually good. You're like, fuck that guy's actually good, but he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like if you guys are releasing this, it, it's the release that day. So we're going to some physical copies. Uh, yeah, Hell I do yeah. plan to make, um, I'd like to make some cassettes, I'm looking. In I got a. I was gonna say, if you need a guy, dude, I got some cassette guys. Oh yeah, I yeah. got a. I'll my gladly buddy take his... Is a huge dubber of cassettes. Is that Matt? Is Matt? Doing? Um, it's my buddy Adam who okay. goes by um, an Instagram name, but okay. I don't know what it is. It's like <laughs> Shermonia. Oh, but that's cool. I like. I've got to. <laughs> I've got. To, I learned how to dub over tapes, dude. I got to yeah. do the. I was allowed to flip the tapes. Matt let me do that as a project. He's like, I need you to dub over Like when he lets you watch him play video games because your hands are too greasy? Correct, dude. I get to do like little kid jobs, but as a 30-year-old man. They're they're like, you can flip the tapes. And then halfway through, they're like, how's it going? And I'm like, it's going great. You're like, oh, I forgot to flip it. And then, yeah, I forget to flip the tapes a lot. But yeah, um... There will be some physical copies. I wish there was a way for me to show this album cover because it's awesome. But my buddy Alex Miklas is a really good artist. Dude, we, love, can, we can use that image as the image for the episode. That would be love awesome. Love Alex Miklas. Yeah. Uh, he did that album art for it? Yeah, and he also, um, he uh, he's done it for a few of my albums. Um, he makes the album cover. He also drew us up a little, well, he painted us a little logo that Dude, I kind of gave him the yeah. idea for. I'm just not, you know, it's just not what how I express myself, painting or drawing yeah. or anything. So I'd rather leave it to somebody who can. Dude, and that and is, I, I love his artwork. Yeah, and that is a great person. How do you know Alex, to. Pat? Um, I've Alex has done been a part of some shows at the shop. Uh, we actually raffled off some T-shirts he made, which were fucking insane. They were like hand drawn using. I want to say it was like oil sticks on t-shirts 
but they were uh, one was like an A cab shirt, and the other one was like a uh, burning cop car shirt. I remember, yeah, those were fucking insane. He, whether it's like painting, drawing, fucking uh, sculpting, I love all Alex's mm-hmm. stuff. He is a fucking beast when it comes to all that shit. Yeah, I have a few of his pieces hung up in my house. It's, yeah, um, he is. I was. I can. One of his pieces still like haunts me. It's so fucking awesome. Was this blue sculpture of? It's like a saddish clown type looking thing with a cowboy hat. Yeah, I know what you're talking My about. My friend yeah. Brad, aka Butt Coffin, shout out Brad, love you. Uh, <laughs> bought it, and I was so heartbroken to see it go, but yeah. happy to get. It sold for Alex because nothing makes me happier than like selling some art for people and giving them money. Yeah. Um, but I was like, dude, it was the coolest, most like when you saw it, it was just so like visually appealing and just like popped so much because it was this crazy like blue color that I still don't even understand huh. how he fucking alchemist his way <laughs> into like turning clay that shade of blue. But, um, dude, that's sick that Alex is doing, like, kind of art directing on the whole piece here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I just, like, just seeing the evolution of his art and, like, the themes he incorporated and everything he was doing, I'm like, wow, that would be, I wonder yeah. if he would be down to do that. Yeah, yeah. an in-house so, artist, man, that's uh-huh. sweet. And I, I, so, it was back in the day, like, probably around 2018, I was just, just getting into recording and I was using I was borrowed my buddy's field recorder with this four track like multi-tracking feature and I started making little songs and whatnot and I made like two EPs that actually people actually complimented so I'm like oh okay cool I'm gonna try and make it an album so I did and I hit him up and said would you like to do an album cover for me and he just did it for free and he didn't want any money and I love what he came up with because I just sent him Every time we've done it, I just send him the songs to give him some imagery and some ideas, and then he just puts it all together. He just know, yeah. He has great mind for just developing that kind of feeling and under. He also is a good at understanding and a musician within his own right. So it's like, oh yeah, being able he to plays a little bit, yeah, being He's, able to like understand that. Like for me, I totally am the first one to admit I'm like very just like more surface level on music Mm -hmm. love and appreciate it but i'm not like someone's like what's the bridge i'm like dude the guardian bridge i don't know (laughs) i don't know what the bridge even means right i tried to learn bass as a child Mm -hmm. so i could be in a band my friends were starting how'd that go uh i did about four classes at some music place in lakewood the guy was like, hey, at the end of each class, we can learn like a song you want to learn. And I was like, cool, I want to learn the intro to Seinfeld. And he goes, <laughs> oh, that's not on a bass guitar. Well, but he said at first, he said he didn't know what he was talking about. Well, yeah, you, first, didn't, you didn't know what he, he didn't know what you were He didn't know what about. I was talking You're about. You're like, I'm not familiar with that one. Like the fucking theme song for Seinfeld? Yeah, you yeah. know what the Seinfeld theme song is? And then he came back the next day and was like, oh, that's not a bass guitar. And I was like... What well, is it? Out, I'm not a It's bassist. like a synth bass. Like, oh, yeah. okay. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's some kind of mm, bullshit. Kind of. So, that, right. so it's, now un- that you say it's that. unplayable on another instrument, apparently. Yeah, which I <laughs> right, was like, it, I feel like you could play that. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you <laughs> could totally play that on I the also base. feel like it's not even a difficult yeah. thing to well, learn. That dude was a jagoff, and I think you made the right decision leaving him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for and sure. sadly, reasoning effect. I'm kind of glad I never took any music lessons. Like, I, I don't know. I got along fine on my own. Because my buddy and I, when I was like... So I like moved around a lot as a kid, and we, when I moved to North Olmstead, I met these kids just playing football, and me and my friend Bobby Goots um, would just hang out at his houses and listen to music. Yeah. And I owned a guitar because I was being babysat at the time, and my babysitter's daughter, I saw she had a Fender, Fender Squire Strat hung up in her room, and I'm like, I was nine years old, and it was my first time ever seeing a guitar in person, and it just had this like presence to oh, it. Yeah, I was so drawn the, to it. I'm like, movie. no way, a real guitar. Yeah, exactly. The glowing lights behind it. Yeah. Oh, so when did like, you actually pick up and start playing? Um, uh, I got one. I asked my stepdad for one that Christmas um, in fourth grade. And he's because he used to play a little bit, he was down to buy me one. That's and, that's <laughs> always like the big key. If you can find someone who previously did something, yeah, no one like no one likes to buy someone a skateboard more than someone who, who used, used to, to skateboard. skateboard. Exactly. Yeah, and same with guitar instruments. Well, and For that, sure, that, that was yeah. like when I was a kid. It's like ask my mom. I feel guilty asking my mom for a skateboard. Yeah, she doesn't have anything to do with it. And they're or, just like, what is this? This exactly. seems like a waste. But asking for a guitar is like. I feel like I have some leverage. Like, yeah, he he knows what it's like to be a kid who wants a guitar. Like, yeah, he knows and, the uh, dream. Yeah. Don't you want me to like you, new stepdad? Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy me a guitar. <laughs> and um, that's funny you, make, you put it that way. Um, yeah. So I just and then my buddy Bobby and I, he had the computer, so he would always look up tabs and learn how to play the, the songs, classic, and I'd just yeah. study him playing it. And go home and play it on my guitar because, like, you know, we were kids. No one likes to take turns that much. Yo. Sometimes he'd pass me the guitar and be like, hey, you try it. Yeah, try and it. And I would, but I would just go home and play. And then I think my uncle got me these tab books because I like, like every other 10 year old kid who plays guitar, I loved Led Zeppelin and it, yeah. all that stuff. So you, were, so. you were 10. I mean, that's pretty young. That's awesome. Mm, and so I kept just like, I'd make my own little songs like out of power chords because I love Nirvana and I like knew every Nirvana song on guitar. So yeah. I just make songs like that. And uh, so I guess that's just how I started that learning. That was kind of the, the basics of setting up. Uh-huh. And then, and then so I played on and off for a while and then um, we moved again into an apartment and it was like an apartment you couldn't be too loud in. Gotcha. So I couldn't really play guitar, but... Uh, that friend Bobby actually sold me his old acoustic, so I learned some open chords for the first time in my life because all I knew was tabs and shapes that I taught myself. Yeah, and still that's kind of all I know. But I I knew, I learned these chords and learned how to like strum finger pick a bit differently. So I would do that every now and again until um I started like I got really um I got into that style of music a lot, and uh, when I had first heard like gotten into Elliot Smith, like just watching okay. live videos of him on YouTube playing. I, um, I'm like, wow, I've never really seen anybody play like that. Yeah. That style or using an acoustic an guitar yeah. to make these like kind of darker tones that almost like have a little bit of like what I would call like, they have like punk undertones in his yeah, early it's, work. It's, it's, it's really cool. And so I wanted to play like that. And so 
I don't, I don't know. I just kept playing and playing and playing before. And I would like come up with my own little things that I felt like weren't anything, but I'd just keep playing them. And then one time I just decided to like throw a little song together and I would show it to people and they're like, wow, that's a real song. Like it's yeah. even people that are like, that's not really my cup of tea, but it sounds like a real song. It, yeah. you're, And I feel like that is such a gratification or justification to yourself of yeah. like, awesome. So mm-hmm. it did work that so like. That, that you probably started when I was about 19. Yeah. It's okay. always a good feeling when someone goes, wait, you wrote that? There's yeah. like not a better feeling in the world. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of got how I got into making songs. And then, um, so I would do that all the time just by myself. And I like had bands with friends and stuff, but nothing too serious. Yeah. Um, until like I had my first like legit band, I would say. And I don't want to negate anybody else who I've played with before, but this is my first band, like practicing all the time, going it, out and playing 100%. shows, writing, like recording and all that stuff. It was called Chimps. Um, it actually like that I did probably, I'm 26 now. Okay. I think I started that probably too. Yeah, I did. I was 22, and then I played in that for like two years. It was a cool three piece. Yeah. Um, it was like Great a lot band of name too. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, at the time I was just like focused on like the primitive nature of humans and how you can like observe it in different through different things. Yeah. You know, like I don't know. It's hard to explain. Well, like speaking of band like names. how we were talking about like people trying to outshine each other. Okay. Like during a band, that's like to me, it's like a primal evolutionary. Oh, with survival without instinct. Without alpha that's, male, and yeah. that's yeah. for sure the vibe of it. I think that's why it's hard to have really great bands last for a really long time. Like even historically. Oh yeah. So many bands that were huge and you know like wildly talented kind of tend to implode a little bit oh yeah because you have all these people who are i mean for beatles for example even though i think you know my feeling on the beatles but it's like (laughs) all those people are wildly talented that at a certain point you do you just eventually want to move into something different oh yeah and a lot of times that is not the same direction that everyone else is trying to move in because they're like well i want to do my own thing and now i want to do my own thing mm-hmm. and it's like yeah it's just a it is an ultra primal mindset to want to be the alpha of yeah. your group and then they all right. started throwing shit at each other yeah <laughs> or right. you could be aerosmith and just play forever right so that was kind of like that's where i got the idea for the band i was gonna call it chimpanzee at first but then my bandmates like chimps more i'm like we can compromise here yeah. it's the same thing it was, it was no the it and, was and just it, chimps right right yeah, no, chimps. No the. yeah. um just because like i liked it because it was like you know how pixies is just pixies. Yeah, pixies everyone yeah. calls them the pixies and that irritates yeah. me it's just pixies <laughs> you're like i will fight you right now <laughs> <laughs> it's pixies um well speaking of so, band names let's talk about the bleeder name because you told me at work the other day you told me a cool story how you came across that as far as a band name yeah so okay so i was uh the project had no name yet we had a few that were like we were toying with and nothing that i felt would really stick and um so i was just listening to this band called true widow uh, their self-titled album and I looked down on my stereo and it said true widow bleeder and then I thought like bleeder that's 
Sounds cool. Yeah. Because I never really put too much thought into what my band's named because I feel like I feel like that's just the least important thing about it. Because uh, like if you like the music, odds are you're gonna yeah the band kind of like the name yeah you know what I mean like there are so many bands with just whose band names are straight up silly a hundred I totally agree <laughs> and then you have people who where they come up with this like an acronym for whatever the band name is that you're mm. like like at one point someone told me Wu Tang was witty unpredictable talented and natural game like, and that's, that's where wow. it came from and i was like no it didn't no it, didn't. it came no from way. kung fu movies yeah. they stole the name <laughs> and it's like and i'm like that's great as an afterthought that you came up with that but a lot of like you said a lot of these names for people it is fucking fallout boy was they watched the simpsons yeah and we're like oh uh, it's fall. His sidekick's name is Fallout. Radioactive Boy. man's sidekick. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like little simple things that people have found that they're like, oh, I like this. And it, as long as it resonates, like you said, no one is like, uh, I hate the actual music. The name's amazing though, so uh, right. I've, I've stuck with it. For I, I don't. Albums. I don't know if I've ever heard that. But I, will, I will say that there's about probably Fallout a Boy, few exceptions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in Fallout there's Boy. also a. Uh, Elliot Smith kind of quote connected to the whole bleeder thing as well. Oh well, it's like I read a um, one of his biographies in the before the prologue. It it quotes this. Um, I'll probably butcher his name. It's this philosopher Soren Kierkegaard. Yeah. Um, so here's the quote. It goes, "What is a poet? An unhappy man who hides deep anguish in his heart, but whose lips are so formed that when he." The sigh and cry pass through them. It sounds like lovely music. And people flock around the poet and say, Sing again soon, that is. May new sufferings torment your soul, but your lips be fashioned as before, for the cry would only frighten me, but the music, that is blissful. So I related to the suffering as like, okay, so you're always going to suffer in some way, and if you're an artist, odds are it's inspired your art is inspired by what you deem to be your own personal suffering yeah. like for me i ruminate on on certain things a lot kind of obsessed over them and one of my ways to like uh, um you know let it out is to just like play some music yeah you know just like a lot of other people they have some way to blow off steam and so like i think of when I got that word bleeder from the song, I kind of made this connection after because bleed like blood or bleeding is like the most accurate depiction of suffering I it's, could think of. It's visually. the most literal version of suffering. And I think right. that I totally see where reading that quote and then the name bleeder yeah. definitely correlates. And it is a great, to me, it makes a ton of sense of like, yeah, it's, Great art is created through suffering, mm -hmm. and and suffering doesn't have to mean something like that, like yeah, injury it have or to something. Be a physical you could have pain. a great, you could have a great walk in the park, and I feel like that in some way is is um. You can have suffering of the longing to get that walk back. You can have yeah. suffering of knowing that the season is fleeting you can have yeah it's you know suffering isn't suffering as necessarily like, a dark thing right it's not right. you chained into a basement yeah, that's a and good point like crawling you know crying that, that's how i see it you yeah. know it's not some it's not negative connotation it's, right. i yeah. think it's a good way to look at things just 100%. you know you're gonna have it 
Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, it's on magnets to, you know, you have to have the negative to have the positive. It mm-hmm. kind of works that way that if everything's just all happy, that's that is when like art truly right. sucks because there is just no controversy, there's no edge to anything. It's just very like Yep, this is just, you know, the target art piece. We'll, that, we'll tell that right. to the guy that made the chimp NFT and made well, like $800,000. Oh, NFTs yeah. are just a complete lack of suffering. I'm, I'm <laughs> suffering from just hearing things like yeah. that. <laughs> um, no, I think that's awesome, though. Do you guys right. have, after this Mayhaw show, anything planned for the future after? Or are you just kind of playing it by ear, seeing what happens? Yeah, we're just gonna play it by ear. I mean, I'm down to. I'm trying to even book something in between now and the May Hall now show, just to I don't know, practice our set and see yeah. how it works. Did you say that band people. from Philly reached out for you, to you or something like that? Uh yeah, that was a solo show. I don't know if they're from Philly, but I don't know if it's a go. I'm waiting on an email, but um, it's half of this band Ohm. Oh right. Oh okay. And um, it's actually at uh the B side, which yeah. I didn't know they did. Like musical performances, there. Let me bring that. I up. know they did. I know they did like DJs, DJs, yeah. But right stuff could, like that. I didn't even know they had a stage. To be honest, at B side. Well, I. I mean, obviously they have like a small yeah. stage for spinning, but right. I didn't know they had like a stage. I know they stage. have like comedy shows there and stuff. My one buddy performs up there. I love the evolution of that place. Like, do they still have like pinball machines? At one time they tried to turn it into like a barcade. I, I have the uh, all of artists. Coven- Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the artist's names are Macy Stewart and the band Ohm. Ooh. Yeah. I uh, Check them out if you can. They're both really good. Some really good. Wildly talented. Acts. Yes. Macy Stewart's got a really cool Well, speaking voice. of like Since, uh, contrast in music, you know, getting back to our conversation, we are saying like, you know, live music versus you know, actually doing it on an album and stuff like that. And less is more, you know, certain things have to be stripped down. I'm a huge fan of both live and studio music because the vast differences, you know, mm-hmm. and like you were saying, like, it's like, you know, when you're working on the computer, you're, you're working with software, you can just layer and layer and keep doing stuff. But then it's like, Oh wait, I have to do this live, you know? And it's kind of like, mm-hmm, for uh, sure. it, it's kind of a fun challenging. How can I still capture the essence of this track, but take some stuff away, you know? Uh huh. And I'm yeah. sure you've come across that with the four piece. Right. When we were playing as a three piece, there are even some, like, you know, as a guitar player at some points, like I would try and like pick out the leads while I'm strumming the rhythm and <laughs> right. stuff like that. And it would work. But now that I can just like hang back or, hang back and just like play chords while Dave does some of the work or I like, you know, it's, it's cool. Cause he's also like knows when to just fall back and just play chords and I'll play like a solo. That's nice. Or something that chemistry. Yeah, man. Right. It's good. Cause he's all, he's a really good guitar player too. And he's like fronted a couple bands. Yeah. So he knows how he understands. So if you were going to play, like do your solo act, do you approach the song a different way? Like how you're going to perform it live or just like stick to chords or maybe play it like a certain way differently. Oh yeah, there's actually like when it comes to the solo act, I um there's certain parts of certain songs that I just play completely differently. Right. And uh as opposed to playing them with a the band, like maybe I'll play it slower and just finger pick it in like a different rhythm. And the singing the vocal style will be different, you know, because I'm singing softer and all that stuff. But yeah, there are a few few songs that sound way different live than they do do you like doing the solo stuff i do um the way i look at it it's 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 not always how i feel like just being the dude with the acoustic guitar saying um 
I like playing with the band because I just like just feeling the drums and the bass and it's just really cool when I see a live band that's what I look for and I like being loud but the solo acts like you know I guess it's more intimate and the songs I write is much more personal to me and I do feel that way a lot where I just like to just chill and play acoustic and yeah songs and be soft and whatever I feel like you get a good contrast, though, of, like, being able to do and have solo projects like that, where, like you said, you can kind of be a little bit more vulnerable in songs that are more personal to you, because uh, then you can kind of have your own inflection on them. You're fully in control of something that is, you know, way more connected to you, whereas, like, something with, like, more power, it's just more, like, raw energy of, yeah. like... And being someone well, I, who's a fan of those shows... It's like, you know, like, what the opposite side is feeling. And, uh-huh. like, that fucking energy you're putting out, and you're just, like, giving all this raw shit to the world. Right. Like, with the solo shows, I either feel like it's much more hit or miss. You're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. Which Whereas with a band, it's like, even if it's not... F- really your go-to style of music you'll probably still like you, yeah. rock your head the back personal see yeah. what you were going for you know uh-huh. with the full scope of the band yeah but if i'm playing like something just like a really personal like stripped down acoustic song it's like um it's like i feel like it's just one or the other there's yeah. no like there's no dancing to it. It's not that style of music. So, but I think it's it's nice because then you have to have those two. You kind of have to have both of those. It is like, um, like if I'm listening to music, I want there's like acoustic songs I fucking love mm-hmm. that are just like I know it's just so stripped down and simple and like mm-hmm. even the court like the actual music themselves that they're playing is not like wildly complicated. Mm-hmm. But then there's stuff that's just like smashes you a sound and it's just like a ton and you can feel it just draws two separate completely different emotions that you can appreciate oh yeah absolutely absolutely i feel like it's almost like when i reflect on that it's almost like two different sides of my personality yeah you know so it's and that's one thing about this ep is that I feel like it's almost the perfect fusion of those two sides of my musical okay. tastes. So that's why I feel so strongly about these five songs. That's why I kept it five songs. Yeah. Um, also, I got to do a little bit of experimenting. I uh, was fun. using like an analog synth and I was like sampling synth, little bits of synth and layering them on top of each other and like oh, hell yeah. playing stuff in reverse, like stuff I've always wanted to do because before I always recorded with, um, like I said, I used that field recorder and I also used a task cram, sorry, a task cam like standalone digital yeah. eight track unit, uh, which was cool, but I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. So I just kind of recorded everything like straight, just like very bare no compression no eq nothing no reverb nothing like i learned how to get kind of the tones i wanted with what i had yeah a lot of double tracking a lot of like i can't even explain it it was just so much it's, more work than i have to do yeah, now and i now i have everything click, yeah <laughs> right yeah everything's a click away like i didn't know even what i didn't even have the the best idea of what a compressor was before I got this computer. Now no, I have it all there. Like, no one can give you a straight answer on what compression is. Have you ever oh, asked yeah. what exactly is compression? Well, it's like 
squashing the sound down. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. Give me that, a real answer. Yeah, I need to give me something. I that could kind of show you in a, some like certain context what it may do to a certain bit. But you can't explain of something. Yeah. But yeah. I can't just tell you like what its overall function. I just love is, when people think they know what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Try to. But that's awesome. That I would always ask people like, how do you do this when you're, or like, how should I do this? Where should I pan this instrument? And people would always be like, I don't know. It's up to you. And I'm like, you just don't want me to know. But now I'm like, no, they were right. It is up to me completely. Yeah, it, it's one of those <laughs> things that before you do it, you're like, stop gatekeeping this information totally, from yeah. me. It's and like, then when you start doing it, you end up just realizing they weren't gatekeeping it. They just genuinely, it seems like no one knows what the fuck they're doing. And uh-huh. you can just do, there's so many options yeah. that it's like, I don't know, man. You could do whatever. It's like I had a buddy, like when he'd get like some fresh new fit. I'm like, oh, like that shirt. Like, That's a cool shirt. That's cool. Oh, thanks, man. Where'd you get it? He wouldn't tell. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, that's a classic. You can't. You can't have what I'm wearing. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic cool kid move to just be like, "Where'd you get that?" And they're like, "Don't worry about it." Wouldn't you like to know? Yeah. No, but so was this? It sounds like this whole actually making the EP was just a huge like learning experience too of getting oh, yeah. to do all that <laughs> mastering, finally being able to have like go a little bit more digital on it and have like be able to play with all that shit. Yeah. Was it, how and, fun and, was that? Oh, super fun. Like, being able to hear everything and all the instruments and layers individually is really sweet. Because I don't, like... You ever see a photo of yourself and you're like, it's like I look silly in that. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, dude, you look fine. That's how it is hearing my own voice. Uh, like, 100%. I can't stand to hear my own voice. So when I'm, like, mixing my own voice, I'm like, fuck. Like, what... I hope this is presentable. Are, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. to the choir. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't, even know, I didn't even know these aired. I thought we were just doing these for the fun of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's because I just love hearing your voice, yeah. Pat, when I'm mixing this every night. Yeah. yeah. No, I heard a quote from... I can't remember what musician it was, but they were like, oh, yeah, everyone hates their own voice. The only musician I've ever known that actually enjoys his own voice is Rod Stewart. And I'm like, that makes so much fucking sense. Like, yeah. that dude clearly loves himself. You, you have the, to love the sound of your own voice, you have to be pretty fucking eager egotistical i imagine to be like this sounds amazing right um and i've met people like that but (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh they're out there no yeah totally um but yeah i i learned a lot because like i gave you know i recorded it this at this time we're still a three-piece um when we live tracked everything i had all this audio to kind of sort out like um, two overhead drum mics, like a kick, snare, internal, external, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, met the drum kit, like, mic'd up. So I just had that alone. Like, I I don't know where to put these sounds or how to accent certain sounds. Blah 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 blah. So I just started teaching myself, and I felt like I just put myself out in the deep ocean. Yeah, you were like, <laughs> and then I just to had shore. to fi- right that right, and just figure it out. So I ended up re re recording certain things like two three times uh singing a certain part over again like a few times just because i was like oh i should have done it like this now i know sucks i have to do this all over again but at least i know now otherwise i would have been like i would have had to i would have never found this out for myself you know like it's got to give you such a way better and deeper understanding of mm -hmm. music in general too because like you said now you're hearing things that you never would have heard before. Mm-hmm. You can get, you can strip it down to such a layer that you're like, oh, I see why this works, or I see where like 
little things either work or maybe can get adjusted or mm-hmm. maybe we can just like cancel them out that you just doing it on like the like a very analog system you're never able to even like identify because it's stuff like that to me seems like it can just get lost in the shuffle of things especially when you're recording Mm -hmm. and it's like once you can break everything down you're like oh fuck these are all the ingredients and this is like the rawest form of everything uh and on the eight track like once i bounce all the tracks together i i can't go back you know you can't like Second guess yourself constantly. Yeah. Right. You can't do it. But this, I can actually listen to something and I can go back. Damn. Like recording digitally. So that's a big step for me. Did you, like where'd you guys end saver. up? Where'd you end up recording? Uh, at my, in Olmsted Township, my friends got a, well, I actually living there now, but at the time it was my, just my drummer's house and we just set up in the living room and okay. recorded there. And, um, yeah, we got it done in like, I don't know, maybe like three sessions. Oh, that's the whole not... thing took like a week, like spaced apart. Yeah, um, you know, just to have several, several decent takes of each song. Yeah, wanting that's to what have, I wanted to do. Wanting to have enough material that when you're going to be playing with it, like digitally, that you can actually have. You know, you're not just like working from one cut. That's like, oh man, this was this was not it. Yeah. That you're like, yeah. all right, cool. We do have more options that we're There's not a- just like stuck with like one version that right. someone is. And that's the other thing is with that, you know, with other people in the band wanting everyone to be happy mm-hmm. with how it sounds. So no one feels like they're slighted on right. what you. There's hardly any bass players. Nah. Yeah. Is that, that's the classic <laughs> bass player? the bass. But yeah, there's. um. They just want it to sound like Flea the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, real quick question, uh, not to get too deep or like corny or anything, but aside from like other bands or artists, like what influences your music or songwriting when you're sitting down and approaching a song? Okay, so that song we just played at the beginning of this, for example, is called Middle. It's basically a reflection on being a middle child in a like really dysfunctional family. Like there was always stuff, uh, something crazy going on growing up and uh, like... You know, when you're middle child in a lot of families, you kind of take on other people's burdens and yeah. you want to make everybody happy. And all, often you kind of like lose yourself in that. You know? And so like that song is just a, you know, a look back on how I felt back then versus yeah, how like I do now. That life experience and uh-huh. kind of how the growth of. I guess what I usually end up writing about is um, they're all, it's all the way I feel. It's like. The songs all sound different, but they're almost all about the same thing. Yeah. And it's um, one way or another through different images or different lines, different way of saying things, but they're almost always about the same kind of things. It's either about my re- like my relationships with people or an experience in my life or or that's pretty much it. I feel yeah. like that's why we have so many songs that everybody likes about like addiction or love yeah, or no, was, hating something. I was going to say it's something you have to feel very strongly about. And I feel like those feelings and ex- life experiences are so deep mm-hmm. that it's not like every song is about absolutely something different. It's like there could be for your example of like being a middle child. It's like, there could be a song about like the angst of it. There could be the songs of the joy of it. There's yeah. like there's different emotions that go with those situations. Uh-huh. It's the same with the fucking love song where it's like 
There's love songs about you fucking meeting the person and falling in love, about you breaking up with the person, uh, and then ones about you being like, we've just been doing yeah. this forever, well, and it's yeah. like... Well, there's plenty of songs that are about a specific person, you know, like like a, a girl's name, and it's about this specific yeah. person, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, but I like songs that are more about, like, oh, the relationship and the story behind that yeah. person. yeah. That's not what just I like too. I fucking love this chick, you know. Like, yeah, like a very, and I feel like uh, anytime those songs are always just like a classic one-hit wonder. Yeah, Stacy's exactly. mom style. Stacy's mom. Um, <laughs> I think like yeah. I mean, those are all the first songs I started writing. Like, oh, I really like this girl. She yeah. <laughs> but then, good. like, I always knew what I wanted to, to like the, the message into. I wanted to convey because like. Just like anybody else, I see the world in my own way, and I want to put that into my artwork. Well, and I think, like you were saying, um, I know you brought up Elliot Smith earlier. Mm. You Once you start hearing more people, too, you kind of get a better understanding of how you can convey messages without being so surface level, Right, that's one thing I found out to be, like, super sick about his music, because he, like, he... I don't know, because, like, I guess I related to it because... Like, he often vents his, tr- or vented his traumas in his music, yeah. or, I mean, traumas is, like, a heavy word. People people overuse that word nowadays, but, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> but he also, Agreed. like, his childhood experiences, all that stuff, it's all in his, his music, too. And I'm like, the way he's playing it, and the way he's saying it, and the way he's just owning it, I'm like, that's so badass. Yeah. You don't understand, like, the significance of what you're, what you've done, man. Like... <laughs> It's that's hard to do. That's yeah, hard to own all that stuff and just look and just turn it into something like super notably beautiful. It, so, exactly. I think that's it's, not what I aim to do, but that's what I admire in other artists, and I'd hope it rubs off on me. Yeah, I think it's something that you know when you're younger, you see it as like Sean was saying, a song that is specifically just about you're using the girl's name in it. You're it's literally just about that. It's literal, yeah. But then as you listen to more music and you get a deeper understanding for it, you realize that like you can convey those messages of like trauma and things through like use of metaphor and use of like yeah. other kind of and, literary technique, right. which is like and, I also and, have plenty of I have a lot of love songs too. I have yeah. like songs about several things. So it's but for me it all stems from like for me I see it as something that it stems from something that occurred like early in my life that it's like I'm still ruminating on through current experiences. For sure. Yeah. And uh, as far as like the music behind it like I feel like I can take influence from literally whatever I'm listening to and hear it in my own way and convert it into yeah. my own song. Like the, you know, the actual backing track of the music. Like, I just, dude, like, I think I heard you mention you don't really care for the Beatles, but I had a serious, serious Beatles phase yeah. where I just, like, you know, even the early records, like, recorded in mono, you can really hear everything. So you, for me, I, like, really honed in on the craftsmanship of those records and the songwriting and the simplicity and like how so much simplicity in one place can sound like chaos, but really it's super organized. Yeah. And the Beatles do a very, very good at job at doing that. So like, I kind of like look at it the way they look at it. I start with like rhythm guitar, add my bass line, my little drum beat, and then throw the leads on. And then I, 
think like you know i lyrics they just kind of come to me i kind of hear them in my head and i just work them out little by little go over them again and again again song just writes itself and then i and then i throw some harmonies over it i that's that's basically my recipe occasionally i'll use like a keyboard or a synthesizer or something i'm still getting into that but I i i take like a really bare approach to it like the keyboard i have is just this old like electric organ that oh, i found yeah, at a dude. garage sale i feel like those i have use a the yamaha sounds too though yeah, yeah. I, have a radio I don't i don't have very expensive gear but i just i think it's more about how you know how you use your stuff than like what you're using 100 percent. and from what it sounds like from like being building a song that way sounds like the smarter way of doing it mm-hmm. versus like i wrote all these lyrics and now we're just gonna like jam them into a song that we're gonna like figure out later uh everybody's got their own process but i'm saying like that's how it works for me usually i just noodle around on the acoustic guitar and it just builds from there but like yeah even the bleeder songs like usually start on acoustic guitar and i hear the rest in my head and i just kind of piece it together so jealous (laughs) um but dude it has been a fucking honor to yeah, come, dude. for you to come in. Yeah, man, this down. Long. I get to learn. It's fun. This is my Any... first podcast, so I'm super dude, grateful you, for the experience. We'll have them back. We always <laughs> uh, have people back. We always have people. I'd love to guests. come back, dude. Um, but remember, everyone, March 19th, main room. We've got Bleeder. We've got Deep Sigh. We've got Knapsack. Yes, sir. Uh, so, yeah, March 19th. Can people get tickets yet? Or? Yeah, um, there's actually... If you go on Facebook, the event is already created. There's a little ticket link. I think it's on ticketfly.com. You can probably just search it. Cool. March 19th. So Bleeder make sure you grab your tickets. Get all that. Uh, this will definitely be airing well before the show. Oh, yeah, so you this got will, plenty yeah. of time. Uh, you got anything you want to plug otherwise? Anything. Okay, if you didn't hear it earlier, Alex Miklis. Um, shout out to him. Great oh, artist. Yeah. The best. And shout out to Threads and Dreads. Thank yes, you for having thank me. thank you. Do you want to uh, play the rest of the track to fade sure. out? All right, oh, yeah. sweet. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Make sure you are following us on Instagram at Threads and Dreads Pod. Uh, following us on Patreon.com backslash Threads and Dreads. And we are available anywhere you listen to podcasts, so make sure you spread the news and go listen to some fucking Bleeder, y'all. Hell yeah, this is Middle off of the album Bleeder to be released next month.